Hi, welcome to the podcast, Zach and Jen Japan. My name is Zach, and I'm here with Jen. And typically, we bring you a, a roundup of the week's news of that week、uh, in the greater Tokyo area. But today, we are coming at you with a mini sode. Which is just a series that we do on different topics about either Japanese culture or whatever's going on, whatever we want to talk about. This episode, we are going to talk to you a little bit about Gundam. Isn't that right, Jen? Yes, it is, Zach. And you know why we're going to talk about Gundam? Why? Tell me why. <laughs> Because we went to see it last week. Oh, two weeks ago now. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. That was、Did、so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that so fun? I lost my mind. It was really, really cool. So, for those of you who might have missed the episode that we did a couple weeks ago in Yokohama right now, they have a huge Gundam. I, I don't know if it is it life size. I don't know if they're actually supposed to be that big or smaller or whatever, but there's a huge Gundam model that is in Yokohama, really close to Chinatown, and you can go. Pay 1,650 yen to see this, this model and really experience the performance that it puts on for you. So, this is different from the Odaiba model, which <clears throat> when I tell people about the, the new Gundam, they're like, oh, that's not new. We've seen that before. And I'm just like, no, you're thinking of the Odaiba one. This is the Yokohama one that opened in late December. So, don't get it twisted. This is a new one. It's And Zach, to address your question about if it's like life size, I think they must be going off of some sort of historically Gundam reference because the、mm. Odaiba one's about the same height as Yokohama's. True, true. I didn't find anything about how big the Gundams are supposed to be, but I'm pretty sure it probably mentions it somewhere in the series. Okay, okay, okay. So, just、know. so you know, Zach and I are not fans of, or we weren't fans of Gundam prior to going to this new Gundam factory. I probably won't watch the show after this, but I don't know. I can't speak for Zach. What do you think? You think you're a fan?、Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. You, you and I both are not huge anime people, and we don't really watch that much anime. I mean, I've watched some in my, in, in my time, and I would occasionally watch some. I don't know if Gundam really does it for me. I might give it a try. It seems pretty interesting, but the, the cultural impact and the impact that it's had on anime is really big, and it's something that I think that we'll probably get into in this episode. Yeah.、Um, should we start off of, about like, what Gundam is? Like, it's the type of anime, which is mecha anime? Yeah, kind of. Kind of crazy. From, from what I did in the research that I've, I've done, it kind of started this. Sub genre of anime, yeah, called mecha. Well, I think it was the first mecha anime that this is what I read that、um, it wasn't where the robots had some sort of fantastical type of aspect to it, it wasn't tied to any type of magic, it was more like war like、uh, military based robots that were powered by a human. And Gundam was the first type of mecha anime to be very like m- mechanical and not just、mm. magical. I see. Yeah. So, like, kind of like they're tools and not necessarily sentient beings on their own. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Really, really interesting. And, and I think it, I, I also saw a lot. It's really considered a quote unquote space opera. Oh, yeah. And, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I thought it, it makes it just seem very intense and like very. Grandiose and epic. So, you know, maybe it might be something to be interesting to check out. 
But uh, the anime is started on April 7th, 1979. So, what, 40 years ago? Yeah, like 41 years. Wow. Was created by a man named Yoshiyuki Tomino. And it was produced by an animation film studio called Sunrise and is now a subsidiary of Banco. How they got Gundam was the team, uh, which was Yoshiyuki Tomino and the Sunrise creators, they called themselves Hajime Yatate. I don't know why they can they give themselves a group name, but the Yatate <laughs> team, they combined the English word gun with the last syllable of the word freedom. But then the, the guy, um, Yoshiyuki Tomino, was like, no, I don't want to make it dom. I want to make it dam, like, a, like an electric dam that holds... Mm. Um, back water just like uh the gun will be will hold back enemies yeah i saw that too i was like wow that's like really deep like i know <laughs> uh, it's like wow I was, thinking, I, I was thinking about this and they kept using the word portmanteau, portmanteau yeah yeah and i just all these other portmanteaus come come up in my mind about japanese and i think it's all around that same time like the late 70s early 80s which is like kospa uh, cost mm. performance, Sumaho is like smartphone and Pasokon, laptop. Like when all the electronic stuff came out, the Japanese people just love combining syllables from the two different English words. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, hey, it, it is kind of cool, I guess. I think it's funny. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's kind of cool. It's like a little secret language. Yeah. But a, but a, a global language, Japanese. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. So moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Yeah, so the anime is part of this this new subgenre called mecha, and the the basic premise of the show, from what I gathered, is that it's it's basically a wartime story, and it's it's humans that are going up against something. I I don't. Did you see what it was? <laughs> um, well, there's so many different stories, but the main Gundam story, which is like Mobile Suit Gundam, MSG or something, they go up against <clears throat> another space... Uh, MSG. <laughs> MSG, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they go up against uh, the the Principality of, of Zeon, Z- 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 which mm. are like space colonist rebels. But that's yeah. just the main story. There's so many other... Uh, branches of the story true yes so i did i dove a little bit into the the different universes and so they're universes and there's like the central universe and then there's like the alternate universe and apparently there's like nine different universes or something which is really baffling to me i don't know if i have the the mind space to to be able to handle that but yeah it's it's it seems quite complex yeah, what I, I think what's good to mention is the moral of the story after every episode is mostly that Gundam is anti-war. Yes. And that war is futile, and it's like a very sharp message. It's not subtle at all. They really want you to get the idea that, you know, war is not the answer, even though it's a, it's a show about machines. Yeah, yeah, and I th- that's where I read was this anime was kind of one of the first anime that w- was intended for a more adult audience because of these these overarching themes of anti-war oh yeah okay i think i saw that too it's very interesting and so <clears throat> apparently when the air when the show first aired it was not very popular mm. it 
here in Japan. It, it, when it was released in 1979, it wasn't very popular. And the, the series was scheduled to end after its first 43-episode run. Uh, however, interesting enough, it was saved and came back because of the toys. Did you read yeah, about that? I did. That's so cool. Right? So um, Bandai purchased the rights to make the toys. And at that time, apparently, toys like this were made from materials that were quite expensive, probably a little bit more more high quality. But Bandai decided to make them out of cheaper, more plastic materials so that it was easily accessible for just about anybody to, to buy. And so they became quite popular. And then the reruns started running, started airing in theaters as well. And so actually that kind of brought life back to the series. Oh, yeah. I heard that it was made from metal and then they started being able to sell it for like 300 yen per yeah, model. Exactly. And then they just made another portmanteau for the toy models called Gumpla, which is Gundam and Plastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently that's not that that name didn't come out synonymously with the toys. They came out fairly recent apparently. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah, that's what it that's how it got saved in Japan. Um Yeah, and then did you read about how it kind of grew into the West as well? Yeah, yeah. Um Gundam Wing. Yes, right. So it wasn't it wasn't very popular in the rest of the world, at least in America, until the mid-1990s with Gundam Wing. Mm. And it started showing on Toonami, which... I don't, did you watch Toonami? I still remember that. It's so funny. Uh, I remember it, but I don't, I don't know how much I watched on it. Was Powerpuff Girls on it? Because I watched... Power, oh, wait, 1995. Jeez, jeez. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I, I wasn't watching Toonami at that time. But, I mean, Toonami, like... It might still be going on now. I don't even know. But, I mean, definitely Toonami was part of my childhood, so mm. that definitely brought back good memories. But apparently it started airing on Toonami on Cartoon Network in the U.S. in 1995. And I thought this was kind of funny that they would play a censored version during the day and then uh, at night they would play the uncensored version. What? What has to be censored? I think it was language, and so, like, there was just some adult language that they used, and may maybe blood, I think is, I think I remember reading that, but either way, they would play two different versions, which I thought was funny, and so this, this paved way for Gundam to become popular in the States, and also paved way for just anime to become popular in the West, and I thought it was kind of funny, too, it's always duly noted that Gundam Wing, that season i guess of of gundam actually wasn't that popular here in japan but right. it started to make it really popular in the u.s uh, i wonder why i mean i i couldn't read much about the reception of the main gundam the msg main gun the mobile suit gundam because it's just like amuro ray is the main character and he's like a teenage son and he's going against his rival which is like char as which is a it's, that's a name Char as nibble. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, they're kind of like rivals. But Gundam Wing was just about five teenage pilots who were just like sent as sent by revolutionaries to like dismantle Earth's government. I don't know. It was I don't know how that's popular. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I actually didn't look too much into to Gundam Wing itself, but for whatever reason, it's kind of what got it on the map in terms of the world. And since then, it's just only grown. And now it has become definitely a cultural icon for Japan and anime in general. I read that on, according to Wikipedia and looking through all the different TV shows, films, and videos, there are 47 different TV shows, films, and it has spawned over 80 games. Wow. So a huge franchise, and by 2014 has occurred an annual revenue of 80.2 billion yen. Did you say revenue? Revenue. Okay. Revenue. <laughs> wow, 80.2 billion yen. Wow. So it's huge. It's huge. I have some other statistics here that uh, Bandai, the, the owning company, is the fourth largest toy manufacturer in the world. And Gundam franchise, the, the Gundam franchise makes up 20% of its sales. What? It really gives you an idea of how much Gundam toys and, and models are being sold, these Goompla. And apparently there are estimates that by the Los Angeles Times in 2011 reported that there are some estimates that there are 10 Gundam models that have been sold for every man, woman, and child in Japan. 10? 10 per person. Wow. So as of 2015... Bandai has sold an estimate of 450 million units oh my goodness. with nearly 2,000 different Gundam plastic models. So it's become a very huge industry. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, my stepbrother growing up, he had like, he did those Gundam model things and I don't know if he had to paint them, but some of them come painted already. I think so. But I think like if you're really intense, you're going to paint them. Mm-mm-mm. I have some friends back home that are quite into it, and it's way, way, way too much for, for, for me, but they love it. Do you know anyone who's paid, like, a ridiculous amount of money for a model? I don't know the prices, but I'm sure they've paid a lot of money, I, maybe more than they they care to admit. I mean, when we went to the Yokohama um, show, we went into that store, right? And I, I can't remember the prices, but they were, like, you know, so there were some that were about $500. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, so it, at the at the event, the, the Gundam factory is what it's called in yokohama they have a gift shop and you can see all the excuse me you can see all of the different kinds of gundam that they have and you can buy models for yourself they have a lot of different kinds but yeah i'm sure they get pretty pricey yeah they also have a cafe there uh i don't know if the odaiba one has a cafe but the yokohama one has a cafe and they had a burger i think i know i really wanted to eat that (laughs) (laughs) yeah if we hadn't gotten all that delicious Chinese food beforehand, I probably oh, would have gotten yes. one. Oh, Yokohama was so fun. Yeah, y'all. So that's a really good day trip idea, especially if it's a really nice day. If you can make it out there at some point safely, that would be a good idea. Go grab some Chinese food in Chinatown and then go check out the Gundam factory. Yes. Just one thing I read on one article, so I don't think it has any merit to it, but the SDF, which is um, Self-Defense Force, the Japan Self-Defense Force, apparently allocated $7.5 million of its 2015 budget to look into R&D for the mobile suit technology of (laughs) Gundam. And I'm just like, I don't... What? I, I tried I tried to research it. I couldn't find it anywhere else. So I don't know what this article was saying, but that's kind of 
crazy if that's the truth. So they were trying to build Gundam, basically. They're trying to look at the technology to try and draw comparisons and try and apply it to mm. real world stuff. Now that we have two Gundams, we can we're prepared. We are prepared for an alien attack. But I mean, like if you remember that that at the event when you go into the when you exit, there is a message from the creator oh, yeah. of that. And basically, he's explaining that they wanted to get this Gundam to be able to walk around and things like that. But because of physics and gravity and all of that. Science. Science, yes. The suits are too big and too heavy and balance and all that stuff. It's not going to work. So I don't know what the Japanese Self-Defense Force is doing. I don't know <laughs> what they're thinking. They could just talk to this guy and he could be like, oh, well, I already figured it out you can't do it so yeah it was a really cute note because i I walked away thinking it was the most amazing thing i'd seen and then to see that apology letter from the creator was like no don't apologize it was so amazing it's pretty cool the exhibit the event is every 30 minutes it kind of it puts on a show and there is an entire audio track that goes to it and they're they're pretending like the mobile the gundam is is starting up and then it kind of breaks down a little bit but then it comes back to life and sorry spoiler alert but yeah but i mean <laughs> i was gonna say that but then also there there apparently are the controllers people in a control room changing the movements and maybe it's a different show every 30 minutes so oh. you know, even if you do see that it could be a different sequence of movements next time also i think zach and i i don't know about zach but i recommend not you don't have to pay to go up to the observe observation deck zach and i didn't go up there but I think it's like an extra 3,000 yen to go up and see the top, the head of the Gundam and be really close to it. But when the show starts, you're kind of on the side of his head and you can't really see the show in the front. So unless you spend an hour or longer to see the show twice, then um, I probably wouldn't recommend going up to the observation deck because it was a great show from the bottom. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that just being able to go see it up a little bit closer is probably not worth it. So unless you're just a huge fan and you really want to. But for the show, definitely being on the ground and being in front is the best view. Well, I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Unless you had something else about Gundam. No, no. I think that it's a very interesting show. I might give it a watch. Might watch it. I don't know. It's, again, it's not huge, not a huge anime fan, but... Overall, the, this was really interesting to research, and the event and the exhibition was really cool. So I would highly recommend. Highly recommend. Five stars. Five stars. Five <laughs> Gundam mobile suits. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, again, listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you watch, uh, you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can reach us at ZachAndJenJapan at gmail.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-N-D-J-E-N-J-A-P-A-N at gmail.com. Bye!